I will lead a raptor assault with anyone who is willing to join me. Let there be no illusions. This is likely to be a one-way trip. So don't volunteer out of sentiment or emotion. You are now listening to Enter VR, the podcast where we discuss pretty much everything virtual reality. And I'm your host, Chris Miranda. Um, welcome, everyone. I am joined today by a scholar and gentleman of virtual reality. His name is Mark Schwarm. Uh, did I pronounce that properly? Uh, not really, but that's all right. No, no. <laughs> well, how do you pronounce it properly? I want to make sure that... It's, it's Schramm, but... Uh... Yeah, it was pretty close. Sham. Okay, I'm not that that that's a hard one to pronounce. But uh, well, thank you for joining me. You are the programmer and director at VR Bits, and the name of the game is called Darkfield. Um, you guys have yep, this really nice. cool space shooter that has multiplayer slash co-op elements, um, and you have it on Kickstarter, and it's I've tried it. It's good. No. It's really good, actually. I really enjoyed it. Um, so, how's it coming along? How's so is is how's the game coming along? How, about how complete is it at this point? Well, it's, it's hard to put a number on that, but we have our base game mechanics in there, and now we're running our Kickstarter to get some funds so we can actually fill it up with content. Okay. Um, Darkfield is is core based, so think Left 4 Dead or Payday, but in space. Hmm. So in order to have that, you need lots of story behind it. Uh, you have an incentive for the you have an incentive for the missions. So you need narrators, you need 3D artists, 3D artists to actually create content for those missions, and that's why you're running the Kickstarter. Nice. And how much are you trying to raise? Uh, we're only trying to raise ten thousand. Let's go get us started. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's gonna be enough for our um, sound guys and our story guys, mm-hmm. and then we see how we go from there. So that's so. Let's this. So let's discuss ten thousand dollars really quickly because I'm 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 yeah, sure. I'm very curious as to how you're able to pull off uh, creating this game with ten thousand dollars, where you see other Kickstarter games coming out with fifty, sixty, even uh, you know in the hundred thousands. You know how 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 what what do you have that allows you to do ten thousand dollars? But what do you have? You have loss of ten thousand dollars. Other sources of income. So we uh, we can't do this full time right now. So we're doing this um, as often as we can, which is which is basically full time. I, I like to say that I have uh, uh, two or three full time jobs. Um, I mean, they're twenty four hours in a day, so so yeah, that should be right, should be alright. I don't need sleep. And um, yep, that's the main advantage. That you're not, we're not paying ourselves wages, so that's why we can. Um, we're basically working for ourselves. We're not. Um, we don't cost that that much money. Uh, we live on two minute noodles, lots of rice, so that's cheap. Hmm. Um, that that's the way we do it. Yeah, the true, true. I mean, that's uh, that's some straight up guerrilla warfare style of development, man. Um, and I, I admire your 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 passion, your gumption to like, you know, go forward in that sense. So, you know. Th- Talk to me more about Darkfield. Like you know, I think um, you know the the thing that most people have been, you know, have been saying is is well, you know, space shooter. There's too many. You know, what what's your take on that? Like, how do you respond to something like that? Well, um, 
the first thing I have to say is there, there can never be too many space shooters. <laughs> but uh, I agree. Dark Fields are, Dark Fields are a bit different. While um, all the other space games out there, they're trying to do everything. Uh, we're focusing on on only one thing that no one else is focusing on, uh, and that's co-op multiplayer. So think Left 4 Dead or Payday, but in space. So that a tight experience uh, with three of your closest friends or three people that you know on the internet or three complete random strangers. Anyways, so a tight experience which is which is mission based and uh, with lots of action. So instead of just flying around um, for hours straight, um, not meeting anyone, um, trying to grind your way up to a better ship. Um, which is which is fine. I, I like that too. I've, I've I've played all the other space games, and I and I'm, and I'm a fan of that as well. But sometimes I just want to um, load up the game and connect to my friends, and then instantly um, being in the action, mm. like blowing up space stations, um, blowing up enemy fighters as together as a team, uh, without having to actually meet up and like, spend hours and hours in the game. That I here's the thing that I I like about your approach. Um, and and I think you're you're there's so much validity validity to the thing that you said where you have this this um you know it it works out for some but you have a lot of games who are who come out and they're trying to do again they try to do everything they want to be again this whole world um and many time many a time it I feel like the games that are that become viral that become um perhaps even some the, the most popular are the ones that just focus on getting that one core mechanic that one thing really right and just you know making it so tight so smooth that everything else around it you know is it, it just seems to to work and 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 highlight it even more uh so I like that a lot about your you know why did you decide to focus on co-op multiplayer why did you decide to do uh that route that route that's actually a, actually a funny story. When we started out uh, doing doing Darkfield, it was never meant as a as a co-op game. But the moment we were able to be able to play with another person in the Oculus Rift, that moment we knew it has to be co-op. In the beginning, we just wanted to be team deathmatch and just like randomly flying around shooting at people. Um, but sitting inside a cockpit and knowing there's another person out there, like even in like, in virtual reality, that's a, a much stronger feeling than on a screen. And knowing there's another person out there flying on your like, like flying on your side, uh, you can look out of the window and you see your other ship, you see the other person inside the cockpit, um, you see your wingman. Mm. That's when you knew that um, we had to we had to do co-op because it's such an, an uh, impressive feeling um, of having another person beside you, of having another ship beside you, and knowing that someone is out there to to uh, that has your back. Yeah, I I think that's I have I have this like a vision of being inside virtual reality, playing a game like Battlefield Three or Battlefield Bad Company Two, probably the greatest Battlefield game that's ever been made. Um, but you, and being inside of a, a Huey helicopter and being the pilot and having because I used to play Battlefield with my grandpa and my little cousin. And what we used to do is we used to, I used to pilot the Huey helicopter, or was it a Black Hawk? I don't remember. <laughs> but we took the, the helicopter and we would go to the end, we would flank around the end of the map. And we'd come from the back of the map and I would and, and I would let them go on the guns, on the 50 caliber machine guns, and we just blaze awesome. through. And I love, and, and here's the thing about VR is like, dude, I want to be in that, I want to feel like I'm in there. And I want to look be, literally look behind me and see my grandpa 
blasting dudes with that 50 caliber machine gun. Not and so and so that co-op aspect, dude. I think is so powerful because the family that plays multiplayer shooter shooters together stays together. And I, you know, I think you're what you what you're doing again is is something that is going to form very strong bonds and friendships. Is there going to be clans by any chance, or, or, or leaderboards and all that good stuff? Well, that's not decided yet. If you have to, if you're doing leaderboards or not, um, that requires additional programming and and uh, work behind it. And you're trying to get the, the core part perfect, um, and everything else is, is a cherry on top. Mm-hmm. But like the the story you've been you've been just telling me um, with the helicopter, you're gonna love our next um, co-op update, um, which which might be out by the end of the Kickstarter, um, uh, probably probably very soon after. Um, our co-op prototype uh, will literally put two um, people in our uh, biggest heaviest ship. One of them is the pilot, and one of them is gonna be the gunner. In the final game, we will have at least one mission, which is um, basically that that um, typical car chase mission from um, A Team, where you've got one driver and you've got three other people um, on a much bigger ship uh, on the guns, um, sort of trench run style, trying to escape from um, the enemy. That's awesome. What that's that? What was the inspiration behind Darkfield? Like, what was the thing that you know that you know, where is there like, is there a, a point or is there a movie or a specific game that you took your inspiration from to, to build upon? So, um, Daniel, I, Daniel is our, our um, programmer slash artist. Um, we always loved space games and um, I've, I've been playing every single space game that it is out there probably. Uh, I started um, playing X-Wing and Wing, Wing Commander as a kid and I wanted to recreate that feeling of me being a little kid playing that game. And um, I've played every other space game out there, and I've I've never had quite the same feeling again. And finally, with virtual reality, I'm I'm able to make my own game uh, where I'm actually in the ship and I'm trying to get that feeling back. Mm-hmm. And as far as as all inspiration goes, um, uh, we love Battlestar Galactica. We love their art style, their their universe. Um, we love um, uh, Star Fox 64 on the Nintendo 64. Um, obviously, Wing Commander and uh, TV shows like like A Team, those where we draw inspirations from. Uh, especially A Team is um, the the TV show, not the movie. Uh, was was so great, and it's it's lots of um, fun. And um, I, I'm, I kind of think that that A Team uh, is the perfect example for for a co-op game um, or co-op style in a game. Do you have a, for you personally, do you have a favorite science fiction space uh, TV show slash movie of all time? Oh, it's uh, definitely Battlestar Galactica. I keep hearing a lot of good things. I this, must, this might sound blasphemous to some people, but I've never watched a full episode of Battlestar Galactica. What am I missing out on? I don't know. It's... um. Like the, the whole religious topic aside that's in Battlestar Galactica, mm-hmm. um, it's such an incredibly believable show. It's it's trying to be re- realistic. And the universe in Battlestar Galactica is basically um, it's it's a it's a bunch of people that are afraid of technology because it's gone bad. They've created robots that, that will um, kill all humans. So they're afraid of you of, of, of of technology, but still they have spaceships. And those spaceships are they're basically like big old warships. 
And mm. that's a combination that works really well. So you've got those big old warships, um, but you still got space battles. So um, you should definitely give it a try. And that's one of the inspirations we have we have for Darkfield. I mean, our uh, most of our ships they don't look um, fancy and futuristic. They actually look like old war down uh, fighter jets or big sort of big space carriers that are worn, that are worn down and they're old and rusty and stuff. Yeah, it does give me. It does have that feel that like. Um, and I, I don't mean to compare too much, but I feel like uh, it does have that. You know, this. You know, when Star Wars came out in the 1970s, like uh, the, those spaceships, those those you know those those landers, those not landers, but those the the vehicles in that movie, um, they have this particular way of looking. Um, and I and I think that you guys have a somewhat parallel, maybe not, uh, design incorporated that reminds me of that era of of artistic. Uh, implementation for spaceships why uh why did you go that route why why that p particular way i mean that kind of spaceship style it's 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 a realistic spaceship style it's it's obviously it's been inspired by um normal fighter planes i mean our um our um best cockpit right now um for the ship that we use on all the screenshots uh, is inspired by an actual um, cockpit um, of an existing plane right now. I'm, I, I can't remember the name, but it's, it's pretty close to an existing um, uh, fighter jet cockpit. And um, we were thinking that um, those spaceships, um, they're not only spaceships, but they also fly in higher atmosphere. So they need sort of the same aerodynamic abilities. Mm. And we wanted to be realistic. We didn't want anything... Um, too fancy, too futuristic in in that sense. So our um, our ships are, are basically um, high altitude uh, planes that have been converted into into spaceships. And we want to be have sort of a physically a re realistic way of of showing this. How many um, players can be in the same map at the same time? So we have a, uh, our team deathmatch mode which is right now basically only limited by your network connection and your computer. Um, we don't have any final numbers for our team deathmatch, but we're trying to do 16 versus 16. Um, for the co-op itself, it's going to be four-player uh, four co-op. So um, our co-op maps and our co-op missions are designed for four people. Uh, can be played with less, but any more than four people, that would be just too much for a, a very tight uh, action-based mission. How big? How big are the maps? Is there is there a way to quantify the scale? Uh, it should be. I mean, so we so we're using um, Unity game engine, which has scales in uh, in meters, mm -hmm. um, which is um, which is hard to tell in space because we are the the scaling is a bit different in space. To actually, um, if anything was scaled one to one in a space dogfight, you wouldn't see anything. So we so we tricking the player with scaling a bit. Hmm. Uh, so the, the maps are fairly large, but the main focus of the map is always in the center. So people wouldn't just start flying off and fight somewhere at the edge of the map. Uh, it's always going to be something in the, in the um, center of the map. Will there be will there be a story, or this is gonna or this is gonna be just like a raw arcade experience? 
so what you what you're doing is with the Kickstarter funds and um, the funds that we're gonna get later from our pre-ordering on our website. Um, we gotta have a story in this. So each co-op mission will be part of the story. The co-op missions they don't necessarily have to be played in order, mm -hmm. but if you play them in order, it's gonna it's gonna tell you the story, and uh, it's gonna explain um, the background of the the conflict you actually in the conflict you actually part of. So it's definitely gonna be a story. Um, which is going to be um, explained in the missions. And in the missions, you will also be able to acquire holographic um, uh, discs. This holographic discs, you can use it on your, on your base ship where your, um, where your hangar is um, to put sort of in a holodeck sort of room. And it's going to be, be playing a, a virtual holodeck um, experience um, with background information on the conflict you're in. Can you give me a quick preview as to like what is the background behind this this conflict that is happening in the game? So we actually in uh, we actually talking with our story guy right now. Um, so this is not this is not settled, but um, the general idea is that this is a couple of hundred years in the future where humanity has colonized other planets. Um, while colonizing those planets, they found uh, another. Uh, intelligent life form. Actually, that life form is so intelligent, um, they are um, able to read minds and communicate that way. Um, obviously, because of that, humans are really afraid of those of those aliens. So a war starting between the the humans and the aliens. It's just at the just at the, at the at the brink of war. It hasn't started yet, and. You are one of um, four fighter pilots, and you separated yourself from the military because you didn't want to be part of this. So now you're fighting on the sides of the aliens, and um, there's this technology called dark field. Um, dark field is a suppression field. It's gonna suppress the capabilities of those aliens to read minds. Um, so it protects the humans, but at the same time, it's gonna destroy the whole civilizations because suddenly they can't communicate with each other anymore. So what you're what the overall objective is, is to find the dark field technology and um, destroy it to end the conflict. Oh. So this is, this is just a, a rough preview and it's, it's all very fluid right now and we still talk to our, um, of our story guy. But that, that's a basic general concept that you just you were, were once military but you um, separate yourself because it's just too... I mean, so, so the idea is that, well, those aliens don't have human rights because they're not humans, so we can do whatever to them. And that's just not what... I know this is... What's, uh, sorry, go ahead. I know this is a very basic question, but, you know, what, is, what does VR add to your game? You know, why, you know why, why add that VR component, and how, how does VR make it better? Well, VR makes everything better, but especially in, in, that, in space games, it, um, it gives you really the feeling of being inside that cockpit, um, the cockpit is, is a the cockpit is a um, perfect example where where VR is, uh, can be applied without any um, bigger problems. So you actually you sit it on a on a on a table. Um, you have your controls in front of you, your your joystick, your holders, or even your gamepad, and um, you look out of your window and you can actually see that you're in. You actually feel that you're in outer space. Um, on a screen, you look at the screen, and yeah, you see that you're you're supposed to be in a cockpit, but you're not really. You're sitting in front of your desk. Um, in VR, you look out the window, and you can you can literally feel 
the the cold outside of your window you can feel that empty space you can you can you can feel the vacuum and you you, you feel the danger that's around you you feel that oh that's that's your little bubble that you protected in and everything out there is, is trying to kill you except your your wingmans that are that are there with you and they're trying to support you yeah tell me more about the weapons that are going to be included uh, you know what are they are there going to be different types of you know, machine guns or laser beams or, or cluster bombs or missiles? What, what is it going to, what kind of weapons are going to be included? So the way it's going to work is that each ship of those four fighter pilots has a special capability. Uh, one ship will have nuclear missiles. Uh, another one will have um, a high fire rate machine gun. Well, the other one um, might not have any weapons at all, but has other capabilities like uh, uh, a very strong EMP bomb. So right now, um, our current prototype has two different weapons and um, has in total three different missiles, even though I think there are only two available right now in the prototype itself. Um, so that's what's going to be available for our team deathmatch. So you have EMP missiles, um, you have nuclear missiles, you have normal missiles, and uh, two different kinds of main, main weapons. Uh, one of them is very effective against... Um, uh, ships, like ship hulls and objects, and mm. another one is um, very effective against the actual shield. Nice. And and so is it sort of like a rock, paper, scissors sort of mechanic? or you know? Yeah, exactly. So um, we've got in our um, team deathmatch, we've got three different ships, uh, from a tiny um, nimble fighter jet to a very big heavy bomber. And yeah, it's, it's basically rock, rock paper, scissors. Um, the, the nimble fighter jet uh, could not take down the big heavy bomber. But since the, that big heavy bomber ship is so heavy, it's like it's like trying to to fly a a truck in space. Um, the actual turn rate is so slow that like you could never actually target the, that nimble fighter jet. So you have to find the balance in your in your gameplay. And um, if your team is um, filled with those flying trucks in space, um, you wouldn't get you wouldn't get job done because you can't just target things. They're, they're too quick. Wow. What about what about some uh what about some of your technical challenges you know whether just making the game in general or incorporating VR you know can you walk me through some of those uh some of the things that have left your head scratching here and there? I mean right now and we're very open about this is there's no proper way to do user interfaces in virtual reality. That's probably the hardest thing, and we're still working on it, and we still haven't seen a solution in other games that is really. It works really, really well. Uh, I mean, um, Elite has, has great menus, but in the end, you don't want to have a floating menu in front of your face, uh, even if it's just for joining a server and stuff. Mm. So user interface and virtual reality is a, is a big topic, and um, we are trying to go that route where there's literally no user interface, graphical user interface in virtual reality. Everything is going to be part of the game world. So instead of having a server browser that's just floats in front of you, like in a, on, a, on a 2D, yeah. um, we're going to have a server browser that's integrated into the world. Um, we have a, we're going to have a bridge where there's going to be a three-dimensional holographic star map, mm -hmm. and that star map will actually serve as a, as a server browser so people can join servers from there. Um, and Everything is based around the concept that it has it has to be um, a physical object in the world that displays the information that you need in the interface, which is not right now on a prototype. We have those awkward floating menus, and they're just there for 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 well convenience right now. And um, yeah, but user interface is a big problem. Another big problem is is motion sickness. Um, mm. 
especially in in space where there's no up and down and you're doing those crazy maneuvers like barrel rolls and and loopy loops and stuff motion sickness is a big issue so the way we've tackled motion sickness is two things well obviously we have a cockpit and which helps a lot of reducing motion sickness but as soon as you look out the window of a cockpit you, you don't see the cockpit anymore you see empty space so that that's where your advantage of cockpit just goes away instantly the way we tackle motion sickness in our game is that you're wearing a virtual helmet in virtual reality and um that is um that helmet is, is slightly under your nose um so it's almost in your peripheral vision you can't you can't actually focus on and you're supposed to focus on mm. and it gives you an a virtual horizon that's always at the same level so no matter where you look at you have something that that helps prevent uh, motion sickness because it's it gives you a reference point even though it's not moving so we have over a thousand people playing the game right now people that got in before the kickstarter and not a single one has reported that they that they had great motion sickness. Obviously, we have still a motion sickness that that results in using the DK1 or DK2, mm. but it's not worse than in other games, and it's definitely a lot better with the helmet than without. And the second purpose the helmet actually fulfills is it explains the the physical feeling of wearing an Oculus Rift and having a narrow field of view, because suddenly um, you you feel that weight on the, of the Oculus Rift. And since you're wearing a helmet in the game, it explains the weight. It explains the, that you can't look left and right because you just look, you're just looking at your helmet. Right. Tell me more about. So I wanna. I sort of wanna keep prodding at the at your reasoning, your logic behind why uh, floating menus aren't aren't a good thing. Can you, can you give me more information on why you think that is? It's just something that doesn't happen in real life. Uh, you couldn't just open, at least right now, um, open a floating menu right in front of you. It sort of breaks immersion. Um, if you're able to just open a menu anywhere in the game and it says, oh, quit server and, uh, I don't know, join game or options or, I don't know, configurations for your joysticks, this is something that, that rips you out of the immersion, that instantly reminded, oh, yeah, this is a game, this is not actually real. But if you're actually able to walk up to a console which displays the, your menu inside of a screen in the physical world, mm -hmm. suddenly it makes sense that, well, this is a screen and I'm here and standing in front of the screen and I look at the screen. Mm. It's just that in virtual reality, it's, it's, it's very easy to break immersion with little things. And uh, in our current prototype, we're probably doing this a lot. And many other games are doing this a lot. And the perfect VR game, in my opinion, is a game where you're not reminded that that this is a that this is a virtual world that you're not actually in by displaying things that are not physically possible or or at least not in that setting. Yeah. Talk to me more about input. How is that? You know, how is that coming along? How is it gonna look in the future? And do you have a, you know, uh, um, w well, what are the challenges with input for for Darkfield, for example? With input. Yes. So um, the biggest challenge of um, input is having support for many, many, many input devices. So we've been working a lot on our own um, input manager for our game. Uh, it's not perfect yet, but we, we do support, in theory, every joystick that there is out there. Um, there, there might be some, some bugs right now that have a couple of people not being able to properly use their joystick. Uh, and we're really sorry for that. We're, we're looking into that. Hmm. But 
ideally every controller that you own um, or, or planning on owning should work in our game and um, we do have support like proper support for um, um, SciTech x52 and x55 pro and um, some other some other holter systems and and also some other gamepads mm. but anyone who's able to plug in the joystick they can configure the joystick in game and it should work and you're able to share those files with our community we have a, a forum thread on our official forums uh, where people can post their configurations and ideally you want to have um 3d models of the the joystick that you have um actually physically standing in front of you so if you have a joystick or a gamepad and you use the same 3D model, most times you can't use the same 3D model because of copyright issues mm -hmm. uh, in-game, and you look down, it, it has to have sort of a one-to-one -one match to what you're actually holding in your hands. Mm. So that's what, we've, what we're trying to work on, um, but this, is, this would be more like an additional extra to our game, and uh, we're still focusing on the, on the gameplay more with the, with the limited funds that we have right now. So, so essentially, I'll be if I'm using an, an Xbox 360 controller, I, I, you know, and I get it, and I get it to map out with uh, in VR, I can look down in my hand, and I'll have, and I'll be in the game, and I'll be holding an Xbox 360 controller. Is that? Yep, that's 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 our plan. So right now, it's uh, you always have the same sort of generic um, joystick in your in your hand, mm -hmm. but um, in the in the final game, ideally, you would have that. Yeah. Very cool. That's awesome, man. That's a really interesting, uh, and I think that I think that helps. That actually helps being able to see the thing that you're using to control the virtual world in the virtual world. I feel like that yeah, really helps. Yeah. I, um, I don't. I think it's a lunar flight did that with the uh, with the Xbox 360, 360 yeah, controller. That, that did it as well, and uh, and that's that's really awesome. Um, that having having that one to one mapping from real world to virtual world is, is really important for, for immersion. Uh, if you are holding an Xbox 360 controller, but in-game you're not, it, it feels a bit off. I mean, most people get over it, and since you wouldn't look at your hands that, that, that often in, in virtual reality, but the moment you do and you realize it's, it's different from what's actual in the, in the real world, it, it breaks immersion. And that's, yeah, that's, that's the biggest challenge, um, trying to keep immersion up. What is the biggest? What is the most important thing for emerge for there to be immersion? Then you know, if you had to choose one or two things, then you must have at all times that have to work a hundred percent. Well, from a technical standpoint, that's obviously frame rate, head tracking, and and all that stuff. So it it can't glitch out. It can't have judder, um, and it has to be it has to be perfect. From a technical standpoint of view, from a from a gameplay perspective, it's actually a much harder question because I've 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 had presence or immersion in in many different sort of games. Um, I guess the the general answer would be it has to be completely believable. It can't be it can't seem unreal. And I'm not saying it has to be the graphics has to be photorealistic or anything. Just it just has to make sense. It has to be, it has to be a believable setting you're in. Right. Let's talk about space a little bit. Uh, do you think you know? Do you think that wars of the future will be will be fought in space between fighter pilots like like human beings? Because <laughs> again, you're in the rabbit hole, by the way. What I what I am seeing today is the you know automation of uh, 
killing machines. So you, obviously you have these drones and, you know, the U.S. Air Force is getting employing less and less pilots because drones are just cheaper. And, um, you know, I want do you I and by the time I feel like if by the time human beings are out there in space uh, and we have um, and, and, you know, wouldn't we have robots fight the wars for us? Uh, what, what well, do you think? Pro probably it would probably be like if we still exist by the time that we can actually be out in space all the time and have uh, a, a long lasting um, stationary presence in space and have people being able to go up into space and building big space warships and stuff um, by that time it, it probably might be just all drones yeah. um, if we still exist by the time that's that's uh, given that. Um, I think that I don't. I don't think that the setting that Darkfield plays in, that um, or most of the space um, TV shows and space movies or sci-fi movies in general, um, is is something that um, is plausible at least from from a given from from a current standpoint. Uh, you, you're totally right that um, future wars in space would probably be by either. Uh, remote controlled robots or even autonomous robots. Yeah. Hopefully, my well. Do you think we'll ever get to a point like? Do you think humans will ever get to a point where they'll be able to, you know, be out permanently out in space or, you know? Are I mean, gonna... I, I I hope so. Me too. I, I can't. I obviously can't say for sure, but that's. I I'm really hoping that um, one day we will get over. All that unimportant stuff here on Earth, all the, the unimportant struggle, mm -hmm. um, all the unnecessary conflict, mm -hmm. and that we're gonna start exploring what else is out there. Even though we might not, we might not find anything worthwhile in our lifetime or in the lifetime of our children or grandchildren. Um, I think that the if the universe is, is endless, uh, since it's ever expanding. Uh, then it would be just a waste of, of staying here. We should see what else is out there. Uh, I'm not saying that we should all move to, to another planet or another galaxy, but just knowing that there's, like, seeing if there's something else out there that's really cool. Here's the thing that I, here's the thing that I, I feel like will, um, you know, here's the reason why we should uh, go into space, even though we might not find something, although I know we will, we'll find something worthwhile. But here's the reason why. Mars used to have an atmosphere, and there used to be water there. And if there's water in this planet, I'm sure, I mean, I I can't be 100% positive about this, but you know, how can there not have been life there if there was an atmosphere? And I wonder now, you know, and, and the thing that I wonder is like, what happened to that atmosphere? Why is, what, you know, what happened to Mar the Martian atmosphere? Why is it a, a, a complete desert? Was it, you know, the magnetic field that just went away? Was it a runaway greenhouse effect? And what makes Mars so special? You know, couldn't that happen to Earth? Like, couldn't we lose our atmosphere if all of a sudden the Earth's core started acting up and being like, you know, I, I don't know. And here's the thing, like, you know why? Why take our chances? Why? Why not hedge our bets a little bit? Why not push humanity into space further and faster? Because we really don't know, you know, when the next super X-class solar flare is gonna make us either go underground or go underground and live like moles, 
like mole people or go into space and see if we can terraform other other planets or you know find a way to uh, live life outside of earth you, you, so you see what i'm saying like i think yeah yeah i mean yeah this this became quite boomers really fast but yeah i, I, uh, <laughs> I was saying uh, yes um i'm i'm optimistic that uh, we're gonna we're gonna be on this planet for a long time yeah but why why take any chances uh we should we should definitely go out and uh try to I don't know, keep not most of the humans alive, but but keep humanity or, or civilization alive. I mean, for all we know, in a couple of billion years, someone's gonna find Earth, and it's um, a, a by by then a Mars-like planet, and they'll be wondering, oh, that that seemed to have water here, and um, but we couldn't find any evidence of water, and there's no atmosphere, but there might have been atmosphere, and then then there will be some space aliens speculating about if there was any intelligent life on Earth. Yeah. Uh, which, which, which might be good speculation right now at the moment. Dude, and then uh, they'll stumble upon, you know, they'll walk down there and they'll, and then one of them will trip over a an Oculus Rift. Holy crap, what is this thing? Somehow the Oculus Rift survived for a billion years. Um, and then, <laughs> and then, yeah, but it's, it's yeah, it's so, a... With the current build quality, I, 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 I don't see that happen. But <laughs> it's probably going to they're, yeah, they're gonna have to utilize some sort of diamond-like material to make the. I mean, I mean, they they, they will look at it and they're like, oh, it's an Oculus Rift, but the lens is on scratch. Well, I can't use it. <laughs> yeah, this alien, t- you know, these aliens will be like, oh, all right, well, that's, I guess that's it. But you know, let's talk a little bit more about Darkfield. You know, what what is the goal for you? Like, what is the grand vision for Darkfield? What it what do you want it to become? So we want to have fun in virtual reality. That's the that's the the biggest thing. That's that's our motto, uh, basically. Um, we don't we want to play with with our friends. Uh, it has to be a cooperative game where you get together with your friends and you have lots of fun. It's it's gonna be your with your friends in an action movie. Mm. If stuff is not exploding around you every single second, there's something we're doing wrong. Right. So. Is there is there an audience that you're aiming this for? Like, is there a particular audience in mind that you have when you when you're creating this? I mean, we've we've been asked that a lot. What our audience is, how how big our our target group is, how big our target market is. Mm-hmm. But to be honest, when we started making this game, we never thought about anyone else playing it. We started making this game because we love space games, because that is that is an experience that we wanted to have and that we couldn't get anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, Thinking about our, our audience right now, um, I would say it's people that want to have fast-paced, um, arcade fun in virtual reality or not. Uh, Darkfield is, is backwards compatible to standard screens, so you don't need an Oculus Rift to play it. Um, just have fast-paced um, fun uh, with your friends in space. It's, it's like Payday or, or Left for that in, in space. Uh, it's very straightforward. Uh, you just get your ship, you start flying, you start shooting. Um, you don't have to manually configure your ship and, and load out and um, what, are, what, um, and what else. Is it you difficult? Just your ship, you start flying and yeah. Yeah, sorry, but, but I was I'm wondering like if is it is it difficult to uh, create a game that is that it, that can that does both desktop and VR? I mean, you know, what are the the challenges there like to, for them to work seamlessly and on both sort of mediums? Um, 
when you create a game that's specific design for virtual reality, creating a, um, a version that runs on the desktop or a normal screen is fairly easy because the, basically the, the, the main thing you do is you just disable one of the eyes. So it just renders the, only the, only the left or the right eye. Mm -hmm. And you use that uh, basically as the image for a normal screen. The other way around is a lot harder. If a game has not been designed for virtual reality, uh, like popping in a second eye, uh, just wouldn't work because there's so many other things that that uh, you didn't design uh, for virtual reality. Uh, so the so the sense of scale and um, and, and all the and all the other sort of design uh, decisions that you that go into making a VR game from the ground up um, can port quite quite easily over to to the 2D interface to the 2D paradigm. Yeah. Um, Obviously, in, in on a two-day screen, um, suddenly floating menus might be more feasible again because there's no risk of breaking immersion. Uh, I mean, you can still be immersed in a game, but there's no risk of, of uh, breaking presence in virtual reality. Um, but yeah, it is it is quite easy if you if you have a virtual reality game, uh, it's definitely a lot easier to port it back to a two D game than, than the other way around. Cool. What about <clears throat> what the hell was that? Um, what about you know the path that you're gonna take, uh, depending on how this this Kickstarter goes. You know, if if it gets if it gets funded, what happens next? What are your next steps? If it doesn't get funded, and I hope it I hope it really does. But what if if it doesn't? You know, what what, are, what will be your next steps? What are those? What are your what are your two paths courses of action here? So if it gets funded, um, you're gonna have um, at least ten thousand dollars. Well, Australian, so it's a bit less than, than US dollars. Uh, that that give us some breathing room. So with that money, we can hire our sound guys and hire our story guys, and it's gonna drive up um, our story a lot and also immersion a lot. Right now, we have our sounds, uh, our placeholder sounds, so they they don't really really sound that nice. I mean, they're all right, um, but. I think we've got we've got the visuals right, and the visuals are not are not too fancy, but they 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 really work in virtual reality. It's um it's the believable uh, visuals. Mm -hmm. But what you're lacking right now is sound. It all sounds um, quite the same and and boring. Mm -hmm. And um, the sounds that um, you can hear in our trailer right now are actually from those sound guys. So they actually sound that's actually quite good. And then also the story guy, because um, we've um, Daniel and me, we have um, we have ideas for our story, but it's 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 a lot better to hire someone who's a lot more creative than us in the, the story aspect. Um, he like um, he can come up with ideas that that we would never thought of. So if you make our Kickstarter, um, we're gonna work on our co-op missions. Uh, we're gonna get better sounds. If we don't make our Kickstarter, it's not big of a deal. Um, I mean, it, it would be it would be a lot better if we did, but. It's just gonna slow things down a bit. Um, Darkfield will will definitely come um, come come to life um, in the next year, I'd say. Hmm. Um, the Kickstarter just was gonna speed it up a bit. And make it better, right? Like I feel like that would make make, make, make it better. Obviously, make it better. The more money we get, the more money we can actually spend on content right now. So basically, the way it works is that we're not paying ourselves wages. So every money, every every single dollar we earn is Going straight up for content. Yeah. So if we if you if we had uh, fifty thousand in our Kickstarter, we could get a lot of professional content. And uh, but those those ten thousand is gonna be a good start. After the Kickstarter, we're gonna reopen our pre-ordering on our website. That's where we've been um, getting money uh, in 
um, so far. Uh, we started um, our early access program in November 2013. So that's that's roughly roughly um, 11 months ago. Hmm. And um, so far we've got around a thousand people in. And that's that's how we can um, that's how we fund some of our development costs. When the game is ready and ready to go and get shipped, how much are you planning on on charging for for it? It's gonna be around twenty five dollars. Okay. Final game. So right now it's um on Kickstarter it's fifteen, and on our website it's gonna be um, either fifteen or twenty five, um, depending on the tier that you choose. And yeah, so that's very right now. That's very reasonable for and uh, about how many do you think like how much re obviously I think there's gonna be huge replay value because if uh, again I for me the thing that kept me going back to you know these battlefield co-op sort of games was again the co-op um, but you know yeah, how, about so. how much content about how many maps do you think are gonna be available at launch and um, and how, about how many hours of gameplay do you think people will be able to get out of this. It's, it's hard to put a number on that um, right now because depending on how much money we can we can raise, um, not, not just no Kickstarter, but until the end of our development, um, that gives us more breathing room to include more more missions. So right now we are we're planning on five. Uh, we're not settled on on five, but we're just we're planning for five uh, very intensive long missions, and then the, the replay value is basically unlimited because they have there's going to be different approaches of solving the mission. So you don't have to go that, that one single way that, that we actually um, uh, intend. Um, I, I'm pretty sure people will find other ways to solve those missions. I mean, there's going to be stealth missions, and um, but if you're a good team, you can probably do them loud as well, like flying in guns blazing and, and shooting everyone to hell. Um, or the other, other way around. I mean, there, there might be... There might be missions where we intend to have a lot of firepower, but you're very sneaky and hide behind asteroids and still get to your goal. Very cool. Yeah, I was going to ask you about the variability of the maps. I mean, I feel like space is such a empty space. That was a horrible pun. But like, <laughs> do you, do you, you know, like how variable were the, will the maps be? Will they all take place in space or will, will they take place in different settings? I mean, or again, how, are you, how do you plan on changing things up so that every map looks different? So we have um, a couple of maps planned. So obviously one is the, the current one we're using our prototype, which is sort of a, a space station that's hidden behind an asteroid. We have another map, which is now um, early access uh, version right now. It's sort of in high high altitude above a, uh, above a planet. And then we're planning on we're planning other other maps as well, like being inside a nebula, which there's a um, sort of a hidden space station, um, having a stretch of empty space between two hyperspace gates, Whereas actually a, there's a civilian convoy or an alien convoy that is um, trying to escape from the the bad uh, the bad humans, um, but it has to. There's a hyperspace gate and roughly ten minutes flight from there is another hyperspace gate. So it, it, the convoy gets out of one gate and has to go to the other gate, and and in that moment you have to protect that convoy. So we're trying to have a big var var variability in the missions. Um, so it. Not only the mission is different, but also the the environment you're in is mm. is is fitting to that, and it's sort of different as well. Will there be um? I, I don't know. I'm I'm sure it's, this has been covered, but I wonder if it, will there be team speak? So I'll be able to tell my my my, my yeah. co-pilot, hey, check your we, ten o'clock. We have it right now. So um, the way we have it right now, it's it's basically team speak. So um, you press your button, and, and either your team or anyone else can hear you. Okay. Um, we've been toying with a game mechanic, which is actually quite fun. Um, so 
our universe even though it's it's in the future sort of the technology especially on the ships you're using is sort of worn out and it's an old military um technology so even your your radio is sort of a single channel single band uh shortwave radio so the, the moment you're actually pressing the send button uh no one else can actually send they can only listen to you hmm. so not only have you you have to communicate your attack you also have to sort of coordinate the way of you communicating with your with your teammates and i mean that that sounds cumbersome at first but it, it really adds to the immersion that you're actually pressing that button you're you're recording your message you send out your message and it, it comes sort of um it, it it reaches your team members sort of distorted like an old shop of radio huh. uh it gives you that, that that sort of that military style walkie talkie uh clicking back and forward uh, action i like that a lot i i, I like that um that i like I like games that add a little bit of limitation, you know, like to to uh, to to mechanics that we take for granted. Um, that's cool. I like that. I I will tell you right now. I will abuse it. I will abuse the hell out of it. <laughs> I'm going to play Rick Raw. Never gonna give you up the whole time and not let anyone else speak. Okay, so just let, let you know that. I'm sorry. I apologize in advance. Um, whoever is on yeah, my so, team. So whenever you whenever you see Chris Miranda online, just don't join this game. Do not do not play with me. I will rake roll you. Um, but uh, dude, I'm super excited for this game. I can't wait to see it uh, come to life. I mean, I'm wishing you the best of luck on the on this Kickstarter. Please back it. Please get out there and throw money at this man because the the passion that is driving you, I think, is truly genuine. And I think you have amazing Thanks. talent as well. Tell me more about, you know, like, how can people stay in touch? How can people follow what you're up to and, and all that good stuff? So we have our Facebook page, um, which is Darkfield VR, Facebook uh, slash Darkfield VR or whatever that is. Um, we've got our, our Twitter page. Um, people can register on our official forums, uh, which is um, darkfield-vr.com. And then there's a link to our forums. Um, yeah, you can. Um, I'm... Me and Daniel are on Reddit all the time. Uh, we've been spamming Reddit the last uh, past couple of weeks. Uh, I'm Skybox on Reddit. Um, Daniel is Podden on Reddit. Um, should be the same names in the in the official Oculus developer forums. Yeah, just um, just follow us. And uh, if you're back on Kickstarter, you will get all the updates. You're gonna send out all the updates over um, Kickstarter as well. When you um, buy the game as a pre-order on our website, which is gonna be available after our Kickstarter. Um, you also get email updates. Yep, that's that's pretty much it. So um, if you're either on Facebook or Twitter or have an email account, so that should apply to I guess almost all of you guys. Uh, yeah, just follow us. Nice. Um, once, dude, I'm super excited for your game. I can't wait to rig roll everyone that plays with me. Um, and <laughs> honestly, I, I honestly think that this is something that uh, will be. I think will be viral. I think the co-op aspect. I think the the the, the yep. missions and the you know just the. I, I'm excited. Most important, like personally, I'm most excited about this co-op aspect. I can't wait to like have my buddies and roll. On some... yeah, it's gonna. I, mean, I think that that aspect of of a team in space is, is so appealing, and um, I think that, that that sums it up. We should have used that as a as our official slogan or something. A team in space, uh, lots of fast paced action, uh, co op multiplayer. Yeah. Well, yeah. Left 4 Dead also works too, but I mean either yeah. or, it's it's an awesome game, and I can't wait. Mark, you are 
and always will be a true scholar and gentleman of virtual reality. I, I, I thank you so much for your time. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks a lot.